Welcome to It's a Small Business World podcast, where you'll get the buzz about small businesses all over the world. We're your hosts, KC and Jaime. We're both passionate advocates for small businesses, digital tech, and international trade. I'm KC Gundiam, and I'm the founder of B2B Match. And I am Jaime Volta, a tech contributor to B2B Match. It's a Small Business World is produced by B2Bmatch.com, the international business matchmaking platform for and by small and medium businesses. How about you check us out today? Hello, Casey. How are you doing? I'm doing great and very excited to have our guest today. Cool. Yeah, today we have on the show the CEO of Startup Canada, supporting entrepreneurs. She has been awarded multiple recognitions, including the top 40 under 40 this year. Kayla Isabel. Welcome to It's a Small Business World, Kayla. Thank you. Thanks, Jaime. Thanks, Casey. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, you're one of the highlights. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I have to mention that uh, Kayla and I, uh, when we met, to me, it was a really great connection. And I've been a judge on, uh, you know, export uh, challenge for a bit, you know, for you, for Startup Canada. Also, um, Kayla was so nice to mention B2B Match for one of uh, uh, the media, um, I think it was an article that, you know, asked for some of the platform of ways to connect um, in like entrepreneurs with each other or with vendors. And she kindly mentioned us. And I remember that day I was I was so happy and I sent her a text and I was like, oh my God, Kayla, thank you for remembering us. So she, you know, so thank you very much. You've always been a great friend of of the platform and we're so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that the first question, right, is, you know, what can you tell us about the Startup Canada, right? You bet. So Startup Canada is a national nonprofit um, and we are aimed at connecting Canada's entrepreneurs with tools, with community and with support that they need to ultimately start and build their businesses successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, we know there are so many incredible ideas across Canada. Um, there's no shortage of talent, of passion, of drive, uh, but we want to ultimately connect entrepreneurs with the right resources at the right time so they can really bring those ideas to fruition. Uh-huh. And and what uh, what kind of, you know, like startups are you are you working with? Like do, do you have a definition of a startup that you work with or is more like flexible or what? A great question. So we really support any early stage business. So we're not just traditional mm-hmm. tech startups, we're not just SMEs or small businesses. We support anyone with an idea. Um, and that is a huge community that that we serve. We're completely industry agnostic, so we support tech founders, those in the food and beverage industry, those working Mm -hmm. in social impact and more traditional nonprofits or charities. Um, So we pretty much cover every type of business that exists. Mm -hmm. And for example, what do you know, you know, can you give us examples of interesting partners that you work with? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Startup Canada is really built on this idea um, of connecting entrepreneurs with the resources that already exist. Instead of building new programs and new Mm -hmm. offerings, we try to consolidate and really aggregate um, various programming, funders, uh, private sector partners that have unique offerings, um, all of these people that play in the entrepreneurship ecosystem. Um, So some of those partners might be in the private sector groups like UPS, trying to help entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. navigate shipping and distribution. 
from the government side, we'll work with groups like the Trade Commissioner Service um, or ISED on innovation priorities and trying to help connect entrepreneurs to where their taxpayer dollars are going. Mm-hmm. Uh, with accelerators and incubators, we might offer direct referrals to local organizations that might have a structured program if you're a clean tech founder, for example, um, living in Montreal. So mm-hmm. we have a really wide network of stakeholders that we connect entrepreneurs with, uh, but all rooted in this idea of partnership and trying to efficiently navigate through the existing support that entrepreneurs have. And then if something's missing, we then advocate to private sector and to government to say, hey, here are some areas that we still need to add more support because there's no mm-hmm. institution or partner that can help this type of entrepreneur. That's really a great a great concept. And uh, that's why I think we align so well with you. And we, we vibe really well because some of the stuff you do, we, we, we see it as so important. Mm-hmm. And so t- I know that when you and I, we caught up a couple of months ago, you were expanding internationally. So tell us about that, mm-hmm. because what B2B does from day one or has been doing from day one is really the idea of expansion and, and international business. So we are present in now over 70 countries and Amazing. 130 industries. So that's a really good um, number there. So how tell us about how Startup Canada has gone into partnership internationally. Amazing. So we've done that in a couple of different ways. Our main flagship program that helps Canadian entrepreneurs export and go global is, ta- is called the Startup Global Program. And this is an initiative in partnership with UPS, with the Trade Commissioner Service, so both the Canadian employees that serve on the ground and then also all of the trade commissioners that exist internationally, um, and then Export Development Canada, EDC. With those partners, in addition to a number of other ecosystem partners, we help demystify what is exporting? How do you actually get your product or service Mm -hmm. into a different country? What are trade tariffs? What are the questions I need to be asking myself uh, before I start shipping to the US? Um, What types of um, consumers can I expect potentially in the UK or across the EU that are going to be different than a Canadian audience? Um, So we help demystify what that process looks like connect entrepreneurs with export advisors. Um, And then we do some incredible storytelling that says, hey, here are the great Canadian businesses that are looking to take on that global stage, bring their offerings internationally, um, and help the world realize what is coming out of Canada, because we've got some incredible innovations coming out of of our home soil. Um, So that program is very export specific. We also have a number of international partnerships. Mainly that is rooted in the U.S. because over 80% of the entrepreneurs that are engaging in that program, they're looking to the U.S. first to export. Uh, so we've got really great relationships with Ambassador Cohen, um, the ambassador, the U.S. ambassador to Canada. Um, and we work very closely connecting Canadian women entrepreneurs to U.S. women entrepreneurs in particular to talk about some of those trade barriers um, and really focusing on increasing the number of women that we're seeing in export because that's where huge economic impact can come. Um, Mm -hmm. We also have a number of other international partnerships Um, on the advocacy side. I sit on the Continental Council of Allied for Startups. This is a global policy group that um, looks at startups, looks at policy to help really foster that early stage growth um, and make recommendations across the EU, um, but also across the world as well. We're sort of the Canadian representative there. Um, And we continue the conversation around what stories are coming out of Canada, what support is working really well here that we might be able to export even from a support sort of perspective um, and tell the stories of Canadian founders because they deserve to be told on a global stage. That's really cool. So I want to take the opportunity as well, because the audience here is going to be international as well as Canadian. 
So tell us a little bit about Canadian International is called. <laughs> <laughs> and, and but the thing that could be really cool to hear is what is the is there any specifics um, or characteristics that we see or that you can tell us about Canadian companies and what is it for an international uh, company to deal with a Canadian company mm, from a supplier perspective or partnership supplier or- partnership just how are like what's our edge like as Canadian companies. <laughs> I guess it's edge might not be the right word, but I think the collaborative mindset of the Canadian is unique. And I actually grew up in the States, so I can speak from sort of a North American perspective. Um, But I think when you're talking to Canadian founders, I've never met such uh, an energetic, passionate, but ultimately quite kind group of entrepreneurs. They're incredibly ambitious, but they're very open to true partnership and collaboration that you might not find in other international realms. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also a tremendous amount of pride around being Canadian and having a Canadian-based business, um, but also potentially too much um, uh, humility or, or potentially a bit more uh, on the humble side that we don't toot our own horn enough as Canadian founders. I think a lot of Canadians struggle with that of saying, hey, look at this incredible business that I've built, taking that stage um, and and trying to compete with potentially you know bigger, more well-resourced or funded American counterparts. Um, so I think the collaborative nature, but potentially the more humble approach to business is also something that's maybe a secret weapon of Canadian founders that we can yeah. with. You're talking to somebody who is traveling. Whenever I travel, my trademark is my Canadian socks. Mm. And I, oh, I, love because that. I Yeah, because I want people to, you know, and uh, in the airport, it's funny, but uh, the people checking the security, it's, always, it's, it's usually the same people now. They recognize yeah. that. And and for me, it's kind of a it's it's a big deal. Like Canada is has its own identity, and I understand what you mean by the characteristic you you talked about. I can there, there's also that. something, and I remember someone uh, so who was uh, also an entrepreneur, but also you know he, he was my boss at a certain point, uh, saying because uh, you know I, I live in Ireland, right? And Ireland also has certain uh, well-known international uh, image, right? Like idea and stereotypes or whatever we want to call it and everything and he i I remember he distinctively saying to everyone like it's okay to play into those things right because it it sort of gets an image across especially internationally right like it's not a bad thing to be an irishman in his case (laughs) traveling around and saying yeah playing a little bit and putting i don't know shamrocks and you know uh rainbows everywhere on everything because it sort of gets the point across right like you're not like a blob of yeah, international, but I don't know where this person is from, right? Like I have an, an image that I can I can get into, right? I can even joke about or whatever, right? Like obviously not not dealing into too much into that, but it's a it's a nice image for a lot of people, particularly in the United States, right? Like we we know how this works, but in other places as well, right? So uh, I I think in this case Canada also has a, a good international image, right? And and I certainly can see people working internationally with that. Um, channeling a little bit of that. We're also very small. Geographically, we're huge. But as a country, in terms of the actual economic um, footprint that Canada has, we have to go international because our consumer base is so small compared to the US or to um, you know some of these other G7 countries. We need mm-hmm. to look international for customers. And so that unique value proposition, we need to shine a light on even more so to, to make sure we're scaling Canadian-led businesses. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit, like, what are some of the big projects you're working on with Startup Canada? Uh, I want to say for the next year, almost. 
Yeah. Uh, we've changed a lot. You know, many companies during the pandemic did the, the glorious pivot and then repivoting and navigating the, you know, this, this new world order. Um, but we have really intentionally scaled uh, what we call our flagship programs. And those are um, Startup Global that I've mentioned that is really export focused. We've scaled that to an annual flagship program. We allocate just under $100,000 in funding now. Um, and we support with advisors, webinars, workshops, all of that export promotion, 365 days a year. Uh, so that's on the global side. We've also scaled um, what we call our Startup Women program. And this is intending to consolidate the resources for women identifying founders. That's advisory support, mentorship, funding investors that are investing in women-led um, uh, ventures, um, and trying to tell more stories of women in diverse industries, looking at women in more male-dominated industries like the trades, um, trying to really showcase the diversity of Canada's women's entrepreneurship community um, and champion some, some much-needed changes that we need to see, particularly when it comes to investment. Um, so that Startup Women program has also scaled. This year already in 2022, we supported just under 4,000 women through that program. Um, so we're looking to double that number by December, which is fabulous. Um, our third program is called Startup Gov. Um, and this I lightly mentioned around the advocacy of saying, you know, we're still lacking these types of supports for entrepreneurs. We provide a direct line from Canadian founders to various levels of government federal, provincial, municipal, um, to provide their perspectives. What's working in terms of government investment or support that the government is championing in various budgets, priority agendas, et cetera? Um, what's not working as well? How can we get that direct feedback from the lived experience of Canadian founders right to the decision maker? Uh, we do that on a monthly basis, um, either connecting women entrepreneurs or based on a particular industry. So that advocacy rolls out um, also 365 days a year. Um, we've ramped up a lot of our storytelling as well. So looking at partnerships with groups um, like the Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, the CGLCC. Uh, we did a fantastic um, partnership during Pride Month to really consolidate resources for LGBTQ2 plus uh, founders. Uh, we're trying to expand out more of those targeted um, campaigns to illustrate these great partners um, that exist across Canada for underrepresented founders as well. Um, so lots of scope, lots of scale. Last year, we connected with over 122,000 founders, which is unbelievable. Um, and we continue to, to scale those offerings across Canada in every province and territory, which is super exciting. No, that's super exciting. So I want to tap into your knowledge of that, you know, of the Canadian ecosystem, right? What do you think um, are the top three needs that general startup founders have? But then I want to also know what it is that you've noticed uh, the underrepresented groups have. And I want to really talk about the separate groups, not just like one <laughs> underrepresented groups, but LGBTQ um Black-owned, Indigenous, like tell us a little bit about that, um, yeah, from your perspective. Absolutely. Uh, so I'll actually pull some data from our annual census. Every single year we survey the community that we serve and we ask these questions because interestingly, uh, you know, there are some common trends that are consistent year over year. And then we also see some pretty dramatic shifts, especially during the pandemic with some of the challenges. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of, of core challenges every single year that come up, funding is the number one barrier obstacle challenge that, that founders um, share with us that they feel is, is really impacting 
not only their growth, but their ability to even start in the first place. That initial capital, the initial funding that's, um, you know, not necessarily through a friend and family type round. Mm-hmm. Um, it assumes, you know, quite a bit of privilege to assume that you have a network that can even help yeah. you bootstrap that business, which is problematic. Um, so funding every single year is the number one challenge. Um, I'd say during the pandemic years as well, that has been exacerbated, particularly for those industries that have been so hard hit. Um, but we see that every single year. Um, second biggest challenge that we've, we've seen um, has really been around mentorship and advisory support. And this can sometimes be a bit of a, a, a controversial statement as it pertains to women entrepreneurs, because there is this movement, you know, we need more money, less mentorship. Didn't <laughs> so, I, write, I wrote about it, I think. <laughs> and I totally agree. Two percent of venture capital goes to women. Uh, we see women being far less, or not so much successful. We see fewer women um, seeking financial support from financial institutions, from investors, etc. When they do reach out for that support, though, they're actually more likely to get that funding and that backing. Um, so there are systems in place that are not meant for women entrepreneurs and that are halting that that growth. Um, but when it comes to mentorship and advisory support. I think I I reframe that as well as access to networks. And that could be networks of investors, networks of decision makers. Um, But the second number one challenge is access to like just an advisor that can help you, you know, um, answer questions you didn't even know you needed to ask (laughs) type of thing Mm -hmm. um, and learn from, you know, some of their challenges in in their growth. So that mentorship and advisory piece is is definitely a key challenge as well. Um, Third is around business planning business continuity, um, understanding finances, those types of sort of business planning elements. Um, There's so many great resources from various partners that we have with templates and and support, Um, but that complemented with funding and the mentorship, those are kind of the three pieces of the puzzle um, that that we often see uh, support being needed in. When it comes to underrepresented founders, it's those elements exacerbated, you know, potentially tenfold. Um, When we look Mm -hmm. at funding for, you know, Black women, for example, that is an abysmal amount of funding that gets actually allocated to those those different communities. Um, So there's huge shifts we need to see to make the funding space more equitable. Um, But same thing with advisors and mentors and access to those decision makers, we see more barriers into those communities. So Mm -hmm. challenges are similar, but more deep. Yeah, and I'm even going to add to when I think there's more barriers because what you said, what was interesting is you said that when women reach out to have access to backing and funding, they actually get it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I could bet that the underrepresented groups don't necessarily get it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, even if they reach out. Um, and I think there's a lot more to be done there. So um, yeah, no, that's great. The work you're doing is really, really important. So how can we, um, is there anything we can do? Like this is again, um, like a podcast, and you know, for an international audience. So, is, is there anything you'd like the the international audience to know? Uh, would you like to put, uh, you know, a light on something, shed a light on something specific? Um, would you like to recruit more startups? Of course, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is this is your time to shine. Oh, it's also a very broad definition of a startup, right? So it's exactly, it's more, more exactly. which is good, which is really good, by the way. Like in some, I, I can understand why in some cases it could be too broad, but in the case of Canada, it's really good that we have that because by definition we're a super tiny country, so you know we need to catch everybody we can. 
Mm, absolutely. Well, if I could have one sort of CTA uh, or call to action to <laughs> the audience um, is to, you know, if you're, you're international and you're looking at buying products um, from Canadian-owned founders, do it. Use the purchasing power that you have. <laughs> um, you know, we've really seen so much more appetite from various consumers to try new products, try new offerings. Uh, there's never been more interest in diversifying what you even buy in your day to day. Yes, mm -hmm. supply chains are a challenge. Yes, shipping, et cetera, can be a challenge as well. Um, but the best way, if you're looking to support Canada, is to buy products from Canadian-led businesses. So that is great. Um, I think there's also great stories that even if you're not leveraging that purchasing power, listen and amplify um, the stories of Canadian founders, particularly those that are coming from underrepresented groups. We have some great podcasts that you can pop on, listen to the Startup Canada podcast and the Startup Women podcast, um, where you can learn about some of the challenges they might be experiencing, um, see some of the advice or pieces of recommendations that they have, and also probably leave with a feeling of, oh, I feel the same way about so many of the things that I'm navigating in my country. Um, a lot of the challenges that entrepreneurs face are, you know, they don't need to or what's a, I'm trying to think of an eloquent way. <laughs> There's no borders to that experience yeah. of being an entrepreneur. It's pretty uh, much universal. Exactly. Yeah. It's universal. You need to have the same grit, the tenacity, the good business ideas, <laughs> you know, all of this yeah. stuff. That's, that's being a global entrepreneur. Um, you know, there's, there's challenges that unique countries face, but um, it's sometimes really helpful just to get that perspective that somebody across the world is, is navigating a really similar challenge that you are. That's awesome. And what's the best way to get a hold of Startup Canada? Yeah, just uh, head to our website, startupcan.ca. Um, we are completely free and accessible to every type of entrepreneur, not just in Canada as well. So if you want to attend a webinar, listen to a podcast, engage in some of our mm -hmm. programming, um, connect with some of our advisors, you are absolutely more than welcome to. Our niche is, is supporting Canadian founders. But as I said, many of these challenges are, are global as well. Um, so just reach out to us whenever you'd like. That is so cool. And I can vouch personally for, for what the, the work that uh, Kayla is doing. You know, she, she's fantastic, um, absolutely amazing leader. And um, the door is open. You can come and talk to us about any milestones you have. Uh, send us also Startup, you know, Startup Canada, um, you know, um, members will be super happy to, to carry their story across yeah. uh, the, 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 you know, what we're doing. So absolutely. So thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you for coming and talking to us. Your energy, your smile, awesome. <laughs> pleasure is all mine. <laughs> I know, I know it's mutual. I know it's mutual. So, yeah, so we'll talk to you very soon. And, um, Jaime, do you want to out? Yeah, no, us? thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Yes, Kayla. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.